What's up, boss? This is Abraham's wallet. We span the gap between the austerity of obedience to God and the prosperity rising from faithfulness. Run your home and your dough like a biblical boss. Good morning, everybody. Um, I'm really um, pleased. I know I say that all the time, but you know, that's because we don't give you junk. Uh, I, we don't do filler stuff here. We give you good stuff. I'm really pleased with um, who we've who we've got um, on the podcast today. It's a guy named Blake Brewer, and um, I came by him very organically through one of my good friends, and I was fascinated to find out what. Uh, Blake is doing because it scratches such a specific itch for me personally. I'm very interested in how not only I put um, culture into my children, and by that I mean like a biblical worldview. How can I um, how can I build into them the love of well, love of reading is something I'm interested in. I want to put that in my kids. I want to put into them the ability to analyze the culture around them instead of just swimming in them. You know, there's there's these things that I want for my kids that I, I do on a regular basis, I hope on a daily basis, uh, in different parts. But I also kind of want to formalize the culture that I want to create. I, I, I imagine writing something that a 100 years from now, my great-grandchildren can look over and, and see uh, this is what our family is about and why. But that feels like such a hard nut to crack. It feels uh, very intimidating, honestly. And then I came across Blake Brewer. And Blake's whole deal is writing meaningful letters to your children. Isn't that a simple idea? But he's done it so much, and as you'll hear from him, his story has been, his personal life has been so impacted by the writing of letters, one letter specifically for him, that he's kind of uh, solved the riddle of what needs to be in a powerful letter that you write to your children and to your children's children. And man, I'm, he has given me so, so many helpful handles for how to approach this task and made it, uh, he's moved it from being this huge, impossible, how do I take this on a project to be something very practical, something that um, I can work on today. So I think it's going to be helpful for us as we think of uh, running your home like a biblical boss. I think Blake Brewer is going to help us do that. So I'm going to roll us into the conversation that I had with him. We find, Blake, that we are networked with a whole bunch of fathers who either dream of starting their own business or feel that they're on the first steps of starting a business or have already launched and could use some encouragement from, you know, just think of it as you're surrounded by a group of men who would be peers to you that you could um, help them based on your experience. So this is part of our series of I Started a Business, a brilliant title, I think, I Started a Business. 
And so let's start with you, Blake, and just ask, um, what were you doing prior to your new business? What was normal? What did normal life look for look like for you? Yeah, so I graduated with my accounting degree, but then I was uh, recruited to go work for a campus ministry. I thought I was going to do it for three years, did it for over a decade. Wow. And um, launched within that ministry, launched my own campus. Um, and uh, so did that for seven years. And so that kind of filled my entrepreneur bug, uh, right. launching that. And then there was a point where I was like, okay, I'm, I'm, I'm done. Like, I know I'm not going to do this anymore. And so then the next step was like, okay, what am I going to do? Uh, I was like 36, uh, years old at the time, 35, 36, uh, had two young kids and my wife was so excited. She's like, okay, you're going to go get a normal job now which is kind of like what her dad, you know, her dad was a lawyer, normal job. I'm going to carry the briefcase to work every day and be, you know, eight to five. Yes. And I kind of thought, yeah, that's what I'll do. Something like that. And I went on a couple of interviews and I quickly realized like, uh, that is not me. Like, and I do not want to be confined to just an uh, eight to five job. And so I, uh, had an opportunity to help my friend who was starting an organization called the freedom fight. And it helps guys get um, free from porn. Excellent. And he had developed a program. And so I was helping him create this kind of online community to go along um, with that. And so I'd been at um, helping him for like six to 12 months. So you, you have had had a wife, two young kids, three kids now three kids and, um, a mortgage presumably. Yeah. We, so we moved uh, a couple years ago. So like right before I started my business and, uh, you know, I was trying to decide, okay, how much house are we about to buy? Like, I know, like I just left this job, but I was also in the situation where I know where I'm going to start a business and I'm, it's gonna be hard to buy a house for a few years. Like, cause you don't have a W2 paycheck. So I bought at the very top end range of what I could afford. You liked the pressure of I wanted. The I have to, I have to earn enough that I could live here. Yep. How much capital did you have all saved up to start your new business? I did not have a lot. It was like I don't know, like ten grand. Okay, so <laughs> now tell us about the business itself. How how did the idea come about? And then tell us about starting it. My business is around my mission to help 1 million dads write at least one well-written, meaningful, lasting legacy letter to their children. And so this is all centered around a letter that my dad wrote to me when I was 19 years old. Um, so when I was 19, we're on a family vacation to Hawaii. And the first day that we were there, so this is kind of a tragic story. Um, my dad and I uh, decided to go snorkeling and man, I was like, everything was right in the world. Like it's my dad, I love my dad. Now my dad was this like really big, intimidating guy. He was six three, two thirty, um, drafted in the NFL. He was actually more well known as Terry Bradshaw's tight end at uh, Louisiana Tech. They were best friends and roommates. But to me, he was just my dad. Awesome. And so we jump in the water. My dad had just given me this huge smile and just said, "Man, I'm glad you're here with me." And so we jump in the water. And to make a long story short, my dad ended up drowning. And so I did my best to try to save my dad wasn't able to. And so as you can imagine, man, I was just Horrible. devastated. Yeah. So then it was a few hours after this that we're back in the condo. Um, I'm sitting on the edge of the bed 
I'm reeling. What the heck just happened? How's my family going to make it without my dad? How am I going to make it without my dad? My mom appears in the doorway and said, I was going through your dad's briefcase and I found something and I had no idea what it was, but she walked across the room and handed me these sheets of paper. And at the top, it said, dear Blake, Natalie and Marcus. And apparently for the last two months, my dad, having no idea that he was about to die, um, wrote me a letter. And Unbelievable. So I'm sitting here reading this letter and it was everything that I needed, uh, in that moment. Um, first of all, even not even comprehending everything that he wrote, I just felt so loved that my dad would write this letter to me. And so the words that my dad wrote really helped me, um, get through that time in my life. And then for the next, now it's been 19 years, my dad's words have continued to guide me. Wow. And so then, uh, a few years or so a couple years ago, uh, I go to write a letter to my children and, uh, I see how difficult it was to write this letter, um, to really like, I'm staring at this blank sheet of paper. Um, I want to communicate my feelings to them, our family values. And man, it was just hard. And so I, I powered through it. I struggled through it, got it done. Um, it felt amazing to get this letter done. And how old uh, were, your, were your kids? So my daughter was almost four and so, and then, so my son was two and then my other son was about to be born. And so to be honest, like I should have written a letter like way sooner. Um, cause I don't, you know, and, and I knew I should have, and it was just, um, I hadn't got it done. You know, life is happening, but you know, if anyone knows the value of a letter from a dad, it's me. Sure. And I don't know when my last day on the planet's going to be, I got to have yeah. something written down to them. I see the world they're growing up in the messages that they're having to navigate. And I want them to hear my voice. And so at the same time, this was happening, uh, two different men come into my life, um, that both have a story of getting a letter from their dad, um, a life-changing letter. One guy was 25, the other guy in his early twenties. And, uh, you know, this, the second time I hear this, I'm like, okay, I get it. Like, it was like a light bulb moment, epiphany moment. God, I get it. I got to help more people get a letter from, from their dad. Wow. And I've got to help dads write this letter. Um, and so I went into research mode, started reading books and articles. I looked at the elements of my dad's letter, created a process to help dads write the letter. I told my wife, Hey, this is what God's called me to do. So, so she's looking at me and looking at our three kids and is like, so you're going to provide for our family by helping dads write a letter. Wow. In this time frame, I met a guy in my neighborhood who, uh, is like a professional speaker and has created online programs. Wow. And so again, I'm so glad that I bought a house in this neighborhood. Yeah. <laughs> he was really excited about what I was doing and was like, man, I want to help you. Um, I could not have afforded this guy. And so we came up with a deal where he said, man, I'll help you for the next 12 months, get this program off the ground and I'll just take 25% revenue. Wow. And that was a great deal for me. This guy wasn't guaranteed to make anything, but he, but he would make money if, if we figure out what it, so yeah, he didn't it was yeah, it's very motivated um, for multiple reasons. But um, so and so he, he was a part of helping me create everything and, and OK, how are we going to get this out there? So my very first thing, I uh, I did a webinar uh, and a free webinar and just put it out there on Facebook and um, invited everyone. I worked on it for two or three weeks and, and you know, my messaging and uh, invited dads to sign up. And I had I don't know, I had like maybe 75 people on the webinar. And then 
five people, I think, signed up for the first session and our first you know, group to go through it. And, and basically, dude, I did not land. I did gave a great presentation. But then when we got to the end about talking about money, <laughs> I did not land the plane very well. I <laughs> and I just didn't come with confidence. Um, there was still something in me about just charging and like, you know, also I knew all these people. So like, man, what am I, you know, just feeling funny about the money thing. And just instead of coming with confidence, like, dude, this letter that we're going to help create is priceless. So valuable. Like it's so valuable. I think I was heard it's $147. It's like, man, no, this is going to be way better than, or worth way more than that. And my coach afterwards was like, yeah, like I knew that that might happen. That's totally okay. But that's why we did this first webinar. Like you had to do something, get yourself out there. Have you had any naysayers? Early on, they did a news story on me in Tulsa. Okay. And again, that was me reaching out and, uh, you know, just letting, letting the news people know. They're like, oh yeah, let's do a story on this. That's smart. And I went, and I went to the Facebook comments and uh, one guy on there and said, man, I went to the price of this thing. And this guy, he's on a mission to help a million dads and he's charging $147. This guy is just trying to make a m- bunch of money off his dead dad. Oh my word. And dude, man, it bothered me. And, uh, but it was so good for me because then I had to like really get at a spot where I'm like, um, yeah, I'm trying to impact people, but yes, no, act, before trying to help dads write this, I'm trying to provide, I am trying to provide for my family. And, and so, yes, we might make some money off this. Now, obviously, you know, I'm not going to make that much money off that because there's all these different business deals. People are getting it for cheaper. I'm giving it away for anyway. doesn't mean I'm just making that much profit. Yeah. Right. But then that being said, I got to the spot where I was like, wait a second. (laughs) If my dad was here or, and I could talk to him and he could understand the impact of his letter that not only it had such a profound impact on me, but also all these other dads. But then also like if my dad knew that, Hey, you're providing for your heirs financially. Right. My dad would be like, heck yeah, make as much money as you can off my letter. Of course. <laughs> like let's provide for our, you know, family multi-generationally way down the line. So, uh, I, I had to work through all that. Um, well, what, what strikes me is if, if we could, uh, rewind to you as a 20 year old in all of the comfort and confidence that you had you had gathered just from hearing your father's heart in that letter, how much money would you have traded for that letter? Like, what was that worth to you? Inestimable. I mean, yeah, it's you, priceless. You I, I know everything that you had for that, right? Because oh, it, yeah. was, it was like continuing to form your character and your worldview and your confidence in your father's absence. So it's, it's always an interesting thing to, to get at charging money for your service and seeing and, and, and first of all, feeling the confidence that what I have to offer matters and is worth what I'm, what I'm asking for it. And then to receive a payment for what you offer and think that that's what I'm giving out to the world. It's worth, it's worth what I'm charging. Any more to say about that that conflict that you had inside? Well, as I did campus ministry, I lived off support for right and um, you know for over ten years. So, uh, I mean, I had my own issues with money, thinking through that, and so now I was getting to the spot where you know I'm trying to charge, um, 
Yeah. And then there's, you know, there's days where it's like, dang, I just need some money to pay the bills. And so that's honestly at a bad spot to be at. Um, just think, oh yeah, I just need this. I need another sale. I need another sale. Man, honestly, it just has to go back to trusting God, what he's called me to do. Well, I, I just have to insert this. Uh, we mention this book regularly. Um, it's it's my favorite sort of money worldview book. It's called Thou Shall Prosper by Rabbi Daniel Lappin. I know it. And you, you know the book? Yeah, I read it. That's why I had to get the book because I and start reading it to change my view on money. And I was like, dude, this makes so much sense. Yes. Like, like the more people I serve, yes, uh, I will have more money in the bank. That means I served people really well. That's right. That's right. And um, his the, the first he has ten, ten commandments about the the way that your your money worldview. And the first commandment is that you have to see that business is moral. And that it's good for you to go work and make money for your family. So from the beginning, I mean, people were assuming maybe that this would be a, like a nonprofit. It feels like a nonprofit type thing. Uh-huh. But I did want to create a for-profit and I wanted the tension to be there that I could create a product that was good enough that people would actually pay for. That's good. Um, and I knew that probably with my story, like I could go out and raise money for this and people would give to it. But I wouldn't end up reaching as many people because I would be spending so more time like trying to keep the donors happy yeah. rather than keeping dads and potential customers happy. And um, that's proven true. And uh, I'm really glad. And we can get into more of my business model now because it's a little bit different than when I started. Um, but it's absolutely like better that I'm charging money. Yeah, that is right where I wanted to go next. I wanted to ask, how are things right now? So I'd like for you to tell us what does the business look like right now? And as part of that, I'm interested, are you covering your nut yet? How Are you paying your bills? What's that mortgage payment doing right now? So <laughs> wanna tell us, tell us where things are right now. One of the first guys that uh, went through my program, it, um, it got to Christmas and he was like, man, I want to give your program to my clients as a gift. And I was like, oh, yeah, I can do that. And uh, so I came up with a licensing for him to uh, pay $1,500 and then he could give it um, to all his clients. Beautiful. And, and so then I was talking to my business coach and he's like, and we're both like, man, I think we're onto something here. And so then I talked to another guy who was a financial advisor and he was told him what I'm doing. He's like, oh my gosh, this would be perfect for a call. Like we're already talking about legacy. Legacy. Legacy, like this is a great add-on value. And so I, uh, he invited me to come in and speak to his group and they had five, five financial advisors, all five of them on the spot were like, yep, we want it. Great. And so uh, at the time I was doing an unlimited package, like, like forever. So it was $3,000, um, and $3,000, you can offer my program forever, but on it, like, I'm glad I did. I needed some initial, I needed some, some cash flow, and I needed some initial customers. Um, so then I could go to other people and say, look, these people bought it. So I was trying to make the deal really good. And, um, and, I'm assuming that's no longer on the table. You now have a subscription service, right? Yep. So now it's uh, $99 a month um, and and it's uh, $1,500, like a one-time like setup fee. And so each of the advisors, they get their own custom landing page that I build has their name, logo, a custom video for me. They send their clients to that. And, uh, and so they feel great about it. 
Um, That's great. So I, I am, so last year, my first full year, we did about 150,000 in revenue. Awesome. And so most of that was to financial advisors. And then I also had some small businesses who bought it for their uh, employees, like three or four um, doing that as well. So I was, I ended up spending most of last year just focused on that. Um, and then as of a week ago, I, I finished, it took like, I don't know, almost a year to finish this uh, master agreement with one of those financial advisor companies. Okay. And so now I'm a premier partner with them and right. uh, which uh, is so cool that all that happened. And some, I would say one of my biggest strengths is networking and then just being okay with telling people um, I need help yeah. and people wanting to help. And so there's some people within this company, they're like, yeah, th they see the value for their advisors. Um, and so I've actually got a, a webinar coming up this Monday. I don't know when this is going to go out, but a few days from now where I've got 150 advisors, I'm going to pitch to it um, to where they uh, will hopefully buy my program. That's great. We'll see how it goes. So um, you, you've learned that um, going to business heads is a great avenue for you. What about just regular old individuals? How do they how do they get into your program? Well, anyone can go to my homepage and legacyletterchallenge.com and sign up and they've can go through it at their own pace. But then I've been every month um, have the option where I'll lead a live group through it. Uh, and I honestly haven't had a ton of success and in doing that because it's like well how do you get people to go to your web page well you know either your facebook ads which i haven't been doing or marketing or you know i don't have a long email list but then there's a guy named victor marks um, who's an awesome guy he's got uh, a huge email list almost a million social media followers uh he uh got a letter from his dad when he was 25 anyway he said man i want to help you get some dads and wow. so we we just last week did a live event where he invited all of his followers to come write a letter um, with him. And so I knew this like for three or four months going into it. And so I'm like, wow, like I see the number of like of people that he's inviting, like this could be a huge revenue. Boost. Sure. Not, I mean, obviously I'm thinking about impact too. Like, man, I sure, can't sure. wait to help this money dads, but from a business standpoint, this could be the thing that pushes us over the top and I could start hiring. I've got a guy that I want to hire as a number two guy to really help me. Um, you know, so up until this spring, I'm only making like enough money each month to just pay my salary. Uh -huh. And it's mostly getting new financial advisors. Um, and so then uh, I basically took a month off of, of going to get new revenue to, to get prepared for this virtual event that happened last week. Right. And cause I know how big it's going to be. Yep. And so I want to do it right. <laughs> and then, uh, man, we did not have the number of people sign up that I thought we were going to have. And I probably, I think I lost money on the deal because I paid, um, some, uh, different folks to help me build my landing page, like a, a story brand company, like, and I, I, and so I, I think we, I made like in revenue from this thing, like a thousand to $1,500 when at one point I thought I might make over a hundred to $200,000 off this event. And so, uh, <laughs> it was a big, uh, disappointment, but to be honest, like I've had these moments throughout where, um, things didn't go as expected. And I guess I knew, and I know like, Hey, we're going to, 
help a million dads write a letter. I know that God is in this. There's been so many other things that have happened. And so, yes, I thought this event was going to be like the big catalyst that I needed. Right. It didn't happen. So it's not going to, it's not like, oh, we're going to fold up shop and go home. Yeah. Yeah. Um, It's just, I'm on to the next thing. That's right. And so it's harder on my wife. It is so hard on my wife because I'm like, okay, this is going to be the thing. And we're not going to have to stress about money because right now we're still like every month. It's like, okay, we just, we paid the bills this month. Yeah. But what's going to happen this next month? I'm like, yeah. I don't know. I'm going to keep God's provided each month. We're going to keep doing sales, but yes, I am going to have to, like, I don't have a W2 paycheck coming. Like I got to go do more sales. So you're hustling and God bless your wife for the emotional roller coaster. I know. Um, you, you, I just want to throw out your, your website looks fantastic. Can, can, is there a resource you could send us to about who did your website? I did my own website. Oh, so, uh, I, I do use quick funnels. Okay. Um, and I basically like it's my website has evolved. And so my, my first one, two years ago when I, I was doing it myself and I was, I mean, it didn't look that great, but you gotta get something out there. Sure. And then, uh, I found a website that I really liked like a year ago and I just modeled it after that. Like, like if this section has this type of background picture, I found one similar to that for mine. Right, and right. This yeah. section has this type of words. I did the same thing. Yeah. And uh, really tried to make it look similar. But I do, it felt good having people say, oh, dude, man, you must have really paid someone to help with the website. That's but I'm, I'm, so I'm not a coder at all. Like, you know, it's all drag and drop type stuff. Yeah. That's a great tip is that is um, find somebody that you want to be like and model your stuff after them and, uh, not only beg borrowing and stealing talent um, and ideas, but being able to do it yourself, just, just throw something out there. As you said, Um, you're an interesting case, Blake, because not only are we uh, interested in the process of your business, but unlike say somebody who's starting a construction business and I go, that's neat. Good luck. We're actually really interested in, in what you do. And this, the, the concept of writing a letter, which is something I have taken stabs at before, then I always think, um, well, I'll just communicate those values to my kids as we go along. But there's no like master document that they can refer back to. And I've always thought, well, do I write a book for my family that describes all values? There is something that is overwhelming, I think, about writing this letter in the midst of like being busy and doing all the stuff. And so that's why I knew I had to like create something to help dads write the letter, it, like more than just inspire them to go right. um, write the letter. We believe in um, having a, a family vision statement. We believe in identifying values. Um, but how can you give us some coaching if, if we're thinking, I'd love to write a letter that felt more comprehensive to my uh, children? What, what should we be thinking about? What are your family values? Um, which, to be honest, like mo- most dads that I come across, I've not actually written down like what their family values are or no. um, what they actually want to be true of their family. A few months ago, we had the Kentucky Derby, and you know the long shot um, winner won. It was right. an amazing story. Like he barely even gets in the race, but then when you hear the story of the trainer, the trainer over a year ago 
was like, yeah, we had the Kentucky Derby marked on our calendar. Um, we, everything that we did was to get our horse into the Kentucky Derby, like every training, everything they fed the horse, like every race that they entered. And so the trainer knew like, yeah, it was a long shot to get in, but we're going for it. That's awesome. And so, um, I think for me and for all of us with our families, like, man, it's, it's hard to imagine out like, yeah, what is best case scenario for my, let's say my children one day when they're adults and they've got their children, like, what would I want that to look like? Um, and it can feel like this long shot, but man, we got to go for it. Oh, and then there's another thing that I help dads think through, which is if your dad was to write you a letter, um, what would you have wanted your dad to say to you, which really, um, addressed something called the father wound, uh, which is just any area where our fathers have came up short, which yeah. none of us had a perfect father. So yeah. they absolutely have come up short and we're coming up short for our children. And sure. so that's one reason we're writing this letter is we're trying to help any wounds that we might've caused in our children. We want them to heal up and become scars. Then we start writing the letter and then the letter is broken down into different sections, which is just the intro paragraph while you're writing the letter. Feel free to stop me at any point. The no, intro paragraph. No. Yeah. The intro paragraph. Um, I help dads write uh, an apology uh, to their children, which most dads have, or most people have never heard from their dad say, I'm sorry. Yeah. <laughs> I asked a group, I was leading a group of guys who were uh, Delta force guys. So I'll, I'll lead a lot of private groups. This is actually where some, I make some of my revenue. People will pay me like 2500 to $5,000 to lead them and their friends or their coworkers, like a leadership team at a company. And I'll lead them through like a four, three to four week session of it. And so this was a guy, group of Delta Force guys. And man, which is like so awesome that I got to do this. And uh, my dad was very patriotic. And so for me to have this opportunity... But these guys are some of the most highly trained, skilled people on the planet, and they've killed a lot of people. Yeah. Um, but I, 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 I <laughs> but one of the questions I asked them, I said, "So, guys, could you imagine if your dad came in the room right now and said, man, I know that I have not been the perfect dad, and I know I've messed up, and I just want to say I'm sorry.'" One of the guys goes, "F no, I can't, I can't, I can't imagine that. <laughs> like none of these guys could imagine that." And I said, "Well, that's why." why why we want to do it. Yes. Uh, and so we're, we're going to be even better than our dads. And so I help so, dads apologize. And then uh, I, I help dads uh, communicate the three things that every person really needs to hear from their dad, which is, I love you. I'm proud of you. I believe in you. Uh, and so I kind of break that down and, and how to sh- communicate that. Uh, and then also help dads com- give advice to their children uh, and then also put intentional memories into the letter and then also, uh, finish the letter, in, which includes your legacy line. So that one line that you would, that you would love to have replaying in your children's mind for the rest of their life. Cause the last line of my dad's letter he wrote, uh, and I believe only God could have allowed my dad to write this, but he wrote, as you are being faithful to God, you will often find yourself in the minority here on this earth. But I assure you that in heaven, you'll be in the majority. Love your dear old dad. I'm reading that moments after he died. And it was exactly what I needed. Made my dad heaven. I'm looking forward to heaven. So, and I just, I mean, that, that line permeates my life. 
That is awesome, Blake. I um I, I don't want you to give away any more of your secret sauce than that. That's plenty of that's plenty of fodder for our folks. And I'm gonna I I'm just taking a mental inventory of the of the tips that you're giving, which is excellent stuff. I heard you say early on something about um the world we're living in or how do you want them how do you want them uh postured against the culture so that i'm thinking that might be a wonderful thing right there to say the culture does x x we as a family do y and here's and here's why i want i want you to be able to be strong against the culture yeah um, that comes a lot up in the advice um section advice. and one of the things that i hope you know i'll ask the dads it's like man what you know what kind of technology advice did your dad give you and it's like, no, no, our dads didn't give us any technology advice. Yes. Because they didn't know to. That's right. Um, but our children need some technology advice. That's I mean, right. We, technology is an amazing tool, but yeah. man, it can take you out. Do you think that there are um, moments in life where we should be delivering letters? Several of them? Yeah, the, kid, the, the day that your kid was born was the best uh -huh. day. Because um, one, you don't know your last day is going to be. But obviously, as your children get older, like you're going to know their personalities more. You're going to see some of the things that they're going through. Yep. Um, so yes, like I, I'm in the middle of writing my children another letter right now. Um, and so, you know, my daughter is now six. She's going into first grade. Um, and so that'll be something that, yeah, I think it'll impact her now. It'll be something she'll always be able to go back to for the rest of her life and read, Hey, this is what my dad thought about me uh -huh. um, when I was in first, first grade. But then especially if she's going into like the teenage years and going off to college, um, man, I think those are just some, I know some years that I will, I will really not be there. Like she's going to go off and be making decisions That's right. without me. Yep. And so I want my influence, my voice, my words to be with her. Earlier we were talking about the advice, but a lot of it is, is just um, helping our children have more confidence. And so when, let's say my daughter some boy comes and um, tries to suggest something, man, I want her to have the confidence to say, no, I don't, yes. I don't need this boy. Like I got yeah. a daddy at home that loves me. And so that's where the section where you're communicating, I love you. I'm proud of you. I believe in you, man, is so important. And it really does help build their emotional intelligence as well, which we know that EQ is more important than IQ. You can have be the smartest person in the room, but if you don't know how to relate with other people, uh, and don't have self-awareness, then it's all for nothing. So we really want to help our children grow in emotional intelligence, which when a person has a dad who is saying, I love you unconditionally, I'm proud of you, I believe in you, you're going to have more emotional intelligence. Hallelujah. You're a wise man, uh, Blake. I, I really appreciate some of your insights. And um, let me ask this, uh, uh, f f against your million man goal, do you know where you stand right now? Yeah, I'm still less than a thousand dads. Yeah. Like I have been slowly building. I've been helping a lot of groups, a lot of individuals, and um, God has been kind of pacing me. And then I believe there will be a moment where we start to really scale up and blow up. Sure. Um, and so I'm just kind of preparing for that. Uh, there is a a major show, uh, like a morning show. I don't want to say what it is, but it's coming to my house this in July. Uh, awesome. and, and filming my, my family and I and our mission and it's going to air. And so in August, which would be really big, but then I've also having conversations with, uh, the NFL. I've had 
talked to them five times and they're working out with different teams for me to go to. So, wow. Uh, there's a lot of like good things that are like on the horizon. Yeah. So if they had come, if they had come last year, I wouldn't have been ready. Um, and so I've just been kind of like for me preparing, but then also preparing some things in my business for it to really scale. Terrific, man. That's exciting. Well, um, you, you mentioned the legacy line at the end of the letter. Um, can you tell me what your legacy line would be for the end of this little interview, which is what, what, what do you think that, um, believing fathers who are dreaming of or percolating a dream of starting a, a business, what do you think that they need to hear? Go for it. <laughs> uh, just go for it. I don't think any of us want to get to the end and realize that we missed opportunities or we didn't live by faith. Yes. Um, like really going for it, man, my faith has had to grow so much and really trust God. I mean, there's been moments where I've been on my hands and knees before the Lord, like early on, like, God, we need money. Like my wife's yeah. told me, Hey, you got to go get a job. Yeah. And then I'm on my hands and knees before the Lord. And I had to pray by faith that there would be an X amount of dollars come in. And I prayed, I did not want to pray it. Like it was like too much faith to pray it. I guess <laughs> I don't know what it was. And and I didn't want to put God into, I had all these reasons why I can't pray it. Yes. I prayed it. Two weeks later, the number that I had prayed that felt like an impossible number. We had double the number of revenue come in and it was just like God saying, look, I got you. That's but, exciting. But that would have never happened if I would have just, you know, played it safe. That's right. Uh, it, sh it should loom in our minds like a nightmare that there might be a dream that God puts in our heart that we don't have the faith to go pursue. So, uh, man, I'm, I'm for you. And I want to strongly recommend to our people to go to Legacy Letter Challenge and, and get involved, participate in your course and start writing letters because it's so clear to me talking to you how what, what you're doing is you're crystallizing the culture of the family that you want to create. And you're, you're like putting these, these, they're not just benchmarks. They're like culture bombs. You're like planting them into the future by, by cap encapsulating. Here's my heart for my children and for my generations. And I'm putting it down and I'm kind of like, what comes to mind is Psalm 127, which says that um, like arrows in the hands of a warrior are children born in one's youth. And what the picture is that we're shooting our children out into the future. And you can be doing that with these letters as well. You're shooting your dreams and your godly culture out into the future for your generation. So anyways, I'm, I'm, I'm delighted by what you're doing. It's awesome. And man, we bless you with success. I hope your morning show goes crazy and the NFL has you in locker rooms and the military uses you. And man, I, I'm excited for you, Blake. I, I, I'm really, I'm pleased and grateful actually for you having the faith to go pursue what God's put in your heart. I appreciate it, man. I, I have to pinch myself. I'm like, this is what I get to do. Like I get to help dads write this letter. Awesome. Could have never predicted it. And, um, but I'm, I'm grateful. I get to honor my dad's legacy. And, Amen. Uh, and provide for my family. What, what was his name, Blake? Larry Brewer. Larry Brewer. God bless Larry Brewer and his memory and what he was. So he must've been responding to God 
obviously he was feeling God's spirit telling him to write to you guys. I, I don't know what inspired him. My dad was uh, more of an introvert. He wasn't like, he had never written this letter before. Um, he, uh, you know, he was a great dad, but I mean, I can name the faults that my dad had as sure. well. And, uh, you know, he, he was not a very expressive person. Um, and so, man, you know, my dad wrote this letter and it changed my life. I'm awesome. so glad he did.